All right, Rose, I'm here with another fun-filled episode of the 401k podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about 401k plan provider marketing traps that plan sponsors should avoid. Um, but of course, first things first, that 401ksite.com, we're going to have some live events that are virtual. So they're virtual events, they're not live. Uh, live events, hopefully, we'll take back uh, and start having them again in 2024. We've decided to take a break see what's going on with the industry and whatnot. So um, uh, we're going to do the virtual event in January. We're going to do a planned sponsor event in October. And then we're probably going to schedule a couple more of these virtual bunches, retirement plan roundtable. By the time you, by the time this episode drops, we will have had it. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing uh, more of that virtual events. Um, and um, and that's that. Go to that 401ksite.com for further information on everything we do, blog articles, all that kind of stuff. So um, I love marketing. I love good marketing. I uh, When I went to college at Stony Brook, I never took a marketing class. Um, I was very, very lucky to know somebody who was very, very brilliant at political marketing, a guy by the name of Ron Neering. When I joined the College Republicans, he was a couple years ahead of me, uh, really knew his stuff, um, you know, and, and kind of his, you know, insight and whatnot really helps me to the, to my practice this day. I, I, I didn't get to get involved in politics. I, after Stony Brook, I was college, Pro, college Republican president for about a year, and I pretty much haven't been involved since. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's got a lot to do with Ron. When Ron uh, graduated college couldn't find work, and I remember him uh, just having a miserable time of finding a job and whatnot, and I said, you know what, this this kind of life isn't for me. But, you know, he's doing well. Uh, you know, a few years back, he was the national campaign spokesman for Ted Cruz when Ted Cruz ran for president. So, um, and he was part of our virtual event, uh, that, that first, uh, that 4K national virtual conference that we did in 2021, and that ill-fated Orlando uh, Disney World event that we did, he was a part of that as well. So uh, I love good marketing, um, and uh, there's a lot of kind of marketing things that I'm just not a big fan of that plan sponsors really should avoid. Number one, off the top of my head, um, 401k administration being free. Um, you know, in the days before fee disclosure regulations became, you know, a regulation in 2012, um, plan sponsors, uh, were led to believe they were paying nothing for plan administration, according to certain TPAs. And the reason they were led to believe that is because there were no fee disclosure. Uh, so there are no requirements that a TPA, um, you know, had to tell you how much they were making off your plan. Uh, to mind, it reminds me of the movie Casino where, you know, nobody could, you know, you own the casino and you couldn't get in the count room. And what kind of nonsense is that? And uh, that was always a big favorite of mine in, in, in Casino. Um, and, and this was kind of the same way. You're, you're a plan sponsor, you're a fiduciary, pay only reasonable plan expenses. But how do you know you're getting, how do you know you're paying reasonable plan expenses and you don't know how much the TPA is charging you? And, you know, I work for a TPA that was producing TPA, and they would switch plans off from one Fidelity platform to another. So from a 279 platform to a 251. 251 was revenue sharing. And they'd say to the client, listen, we're going to cut back our fees. But what they didn't tell the client was, thanks to revenue sharing, they're actually making more money on the plan. 
by selecting funds that paid revenue sharing. So uh, fee disclosure regulations were supposed to um, fix that. Uh, and quite a few of these you know, insurance company TPAs, they left the business. They sold their block of business to somewhere else. That's how um, companies like Empower became national leaders in the industry is because they bought off um, a TPA business from a lot of insurance companies and said, you know what, this fee disclosure world, I don't think we're going to do very, very well at. Um, so they left the business entirely. And, you know, that's why people like Empower have done very, very well because they bought these blocks of business from these people who, who left the industry. Um, but, uh, again, uh, there are still TPAs out there that still claim that their administration is for free. There's one particular uh, somebody brought up to my attention, and you know how can they claim it's free when the fee disclosure say, says that you know it isn't? Well, the way around it um, these days is what they don't say is there's one in particular that I'm thinking of. They have a subsidiary investment advisory service, and they still collect an asset-based fee. So while they claim they're getting nothing for administration, they're still collecting a, a hefty chunk on the advisory work, 30 basis points or whatnot. So, you know, uh, whether you know whether a, a TPA makes it money through the plan assets or they charge like $1,000 for a distribution package, the TPA is still making money somehow. The, the, there is no way... Uh, administration's free. Um, you know, um, reminds me of something with, uh, Uhura said in, uh, Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country, when there was a bird of prey, Klingon bird of prey that could fire when cloaked. And she's like, well, you know, the thing's got to have a tailpipe. Well, any TPA out there, there's a way for them to make money. And a plan sponsor really needs to be aware of it. Next, the fiduciary warranty, uh, that was a little bit more prevalent when I first started uh, my own practice. Uh, one of the you know best biting articles I ever wrote, aside from the you know payroll provider TPA article, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, the fiduciary warranty is one of my favorite topics uh, because it was the biggest nonsense that ever was. Um, and um, years ago, so I wrote that article, and there was a guy that I knew was the uh, rep, local rep for one of these insurance companies that actually is still in the TPA business. The guy's no longer the rep. Uh, they got a nicer rep now. But anyway, I wrote that fiduciary warranty article and this insurance company was big on the fiduciary warranties. And the guy said to me, you know, I was going to refer you business, but you wrote that article. And, I'm, and I responded to him, you never referred me business and why start now? So, um, I'm big uh, over the past couple of years. I've become uh, a bigger NHL fan. So what used to be probably my fourth favorite sport now is now my second favorite sport. Baseball will always be number one. Uh, even though my bar mitzvah's motif was NFL, I don't know why that was. It, it, it doesn't play very well. In other words, let's hear it for the boy and um, put it on the Ritz on the on the bar mitzvah video, but. NHL is, is my second favorite sport, and I'm a diehard Rangers fan, and my favorite player of all time is Mark Messier. And 
if people say, well, why is he your favorite? Well, Marc Messier, to me, has always been my favorite just because of just one game. I mean, he had a fantastic career, but one game he'll be a favorite of mine until the day I die. And that is uh, not the Stanley Cup Finals. That was 94, but in the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals, uh, the Rangers were taking on the upstart Devils. Marcan Bordeaux was... That's his rookie season, and he was fantastic. And Rangers were down 3-2 uh, in the series. So Game 6 was at the Meadowlands Arena, the Brendan Byrne Arena, the IZOD Center, the Co- Continental Airlines Arena. I don't even remember what it was called in time. I think it was Continental Airlines. Anyway, Mark Messier said, we will win tonight um, and take it to a Game 7. And not only did Mark make that guarantee, and they won. Mark single-handedly carried the team. He scored a hat-trick, including a, uh, an empty netter. And uh, I will say, Mark Massey will never have to buy a drink in New York City ever again. Um, Patrick Ewing, on the other hand, I remember, uh, he made a similar guarantee, I think it was to the Pacers one year, and, and they lost the game. So um, there's still a fiduciary warranty out there. Um, and the fiduciary warranty, it's just a marketing gimmick. And as, as, as a friend of mine who is was on that retirement plan around time, I've never outed him. But the one person who said it, uh, he was he was on the retirement plan roundtable. You'll have to figure out who it was. But he said it best when it came to uh, these fiduciary warranties. He said, you know, these insurance companies, they're in the business of making money on insurance. And what does it tell you when these insurance companies give, give out these warranties for free? So ultimately, these warranties say, you know what? There's this broad uh, requirement for um, uh, picking a fund. Uh, we have a risk of broad range requirement, and it's just such nonsense. No 401k plan has ever been sued for violated the broad range requirement. The broad range requirement is a joke. As long as the plan isn't offering just a, you know a money market account or just one S and P five hundred account, they'll be fine. You know, they, every every fund lineup has enough choices: small cap, mid cap, large cap, uh, foreign, um, emerging markets. There's no plan out there that's got like all the money in a mutual fund account or, or a stable value. So these are worthless. But the problem is is that there's one provider out there who I'm not a big fan of. Recently had a uh, class action lawsuit that I think they I think they did settle on their proprietary funds being in a 401k account. And this was a insurance company that. Uh, Really tried to impress me. Uh, I had a client of mine, and uh, they were pushing it because they were very big in the association that this company that I work with was involved with. And I put a kibosh to it, and the insurance company guy didn't know that, but he gave me free Mets tickets, uh, actually for a couple of games, really nice tickets. And uh, maybe I'm like Larry David, but I enjoyed those tickets, and it didn't change my mind about this provider. So this provider... Not only touts the fiduciary warranty, they, they're basically saying, you know what, you don't need a, you don't need an advisor, you don't need a three twenty one or a three thirty eight, and um, you know that just that, that's the that just drives me nuts. I mean, you know anybody could pick a fun lineup 
But, uh, you know, this fiduciary warranty doesn't mean you shouldn't, shouldn't use a 321, 338 fiduciary because a 321, 338 fiduciary, they're about, you know, educated plan participants, devising a fund lineup. They, they're needed. Um, you know, I think it's reckless that any plan provider, including those that give me free Hyundai Club uh, Mets tickets, and for those uh, not in the know, the Hyundai Club is the best-kept secret um, at City Field for, you know, 100 150 bucks. You get in. It's like a sweet-level experience, all-you-can-eat. I was very, very lucky uh, last year. I had an event for my 50th birthday, and that they brought out the pastrami. So I, I was in knee-deep in pastrami that day. But anyway, a fiduciary warranty is worthless. It's not... It's just, it's just nonsense. It's never going to be used. Um, I think it's reckless that, you know, how plant providers tout it. Um, you know, it's just marketed and, you know, if it's marketed and used as, you know, as a way to con a plant sponsor into or only high, you know, not, not using a 321, 338 fiduciary, I think it's reckless. Um, and again, I think it's misleading and I think it's fraudulent. Uh, you can't get sued for that. that. To me, that's selling lightning insurance, uh, which always reminds me uh, lightning insurance. Uh, I worked for a TPA, and I, I liked working there. I told my wife yesterday it was the best job I ever had next to this one. And I left because the COO was a miserable, miserable guy. Uh, such a he, he was such a miserable guy. He would lose $5 to save to save a dollar and he'd be happy about it. And he was running the shop. He was like a minority owner. He only owned, you know, when I say minority owner, I mean he only owned about, you know, five, 10% of the business, I don't know, but he kind of ran it. And um, he ran it poorly. And, and one of the gimmicks he came up with, and he was trying to tout it to our employees, uh, was prepaid legal. And prepaid legal insurance to me is garbage. It's garbage because when it comes to legal services, as an attorney, you should pick somebody who's the best position to represent you. And there's no reason to pay insurance. You pay an attorney when you need it. And God forbid you don't need it. But, you know, wills, trusts, and all that kind of stuff, there are times when you do need it. And it was just such a crappy product, and he was pushing it. He was pushing it on our lower paid employees and I resented it and I was just I was just crapping all over him. I said, you know, next next ne I said next he's gonna push dry cleaning insurance. But you gotta pay a fee to, you know, um uh, you know, and uh, you get covered if the dry cleaner destroys like one of your shirts or something like that. But uh fiduciary warranty is, is no different than lightning insurance or or um I think it's worse than lightning insurance because lightning you actually might get hit by lightning, especially if you Decide to uh, walk in a forest um, during a uh, thunderstorm. But uh, that, that's how I feel about it. Next on my list, payroll integration and having your payroll be the TPA. And again, um, uh, I'm not a big fan of payroll provider TPAs. I don't think they do a very good job in day-to-day -day plan administration. They're great if you have a safe harbor plan and there's no testing. Outside of that, I don't recommend it. And, you know, one of the gimmicks that the payroll provider TPAs, you know, it's a one-stop shop, you know, and we got payroll integration. And the whole thing about payroll integration, I think, is, again, a big marketing gimmick. 
Yeah, payroll is important to get good, uh, true payroll data. Uh, it's important to have it clean uh, in order for, you know, the plan to work correctly for deferrals and all that stuff. But if payroll integration is such a big deal, you know, uh, then why is ADP and Paychex offering payroll integration to other TPAs, like Empower, you know, or other big TPAs and whatnot? And um, a lot of the great, you know, national providers out there, of payroll, you know, Paylocity, and whatnot, that aren't in the TPA business. Um, they offer payroll integration to some of the larger uh, plan providers out there. So it's like, you know, the, the payroll provider TPAs are, are trying to push you on something. If it's so great, you know, it's like, if it's, a, if it's like the secret formula of Coke, why are they offering it to the competition? Uh, because it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not that, you know, it's important, but it's, it's you know, it, it's, uh, they recognize that uh, it's, it's a good thing to have relationships uh, as a payroll company with, you know, the empowers of the world and whatnot. And, uh, you know, again, I think you should pick a TPA um, that their predominant business is TPA work. Uh, not, you know, they don't see TPA work as ancillary. And that's what payroll providers do. You know, that's not their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is payroll because they have far more payroll clients than they do TPA clients. Um, and therefore, that's why I don't think it's, it's a great fit. It's uh, just my opinion. And of course, you know, uh, when I do that payroll provider article, probably next month, uh, I will get pushback from folks who work for these uh, payroll provider TPAs. It's just bound to happen, and, and that's that. But, uh, you know, I think standalone TPAs are, are better value, uh, you know, create less headaches, uh, you know, because I think payroll provider TPAs uh, especially, you know, ADP and paychecks, uh, as uh, Fulton Mellon would say, and back back to school, you know, they give they give good headache, um, and, and that's how I see it. And and last but not last but not uh, last but not least on my list, uh, payroll uh, plan provider gimmicks and marketing traps and all that stuff. Uh, you, see, you don't see it that often, but I, I know a CPA that was offering it, and it caused a huge range war between me, the CPA, and the advisor on the plan I work on. Um, I hate free limited-time offers or a, a free 30-day trial because it's a gimmick. Uh, it's a gimmick in the sense that we'll give you three, 30 days, and if you don't cancel, we're going to charge you. Uh, and I, I hate that. Um, I try to avoid that. I don't want anything for free because I know eventually I'm going to pay for it. And I don't think that it's right for plan providers to offer that kind of solution because it requires a plan sponsor to say no. Uh, I just, you know, a, a plan sponsor has a fiduciary uh, requirement to, 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 to pick providers and uh, pay reasonable plan expenses and failing to say no to a negative election shouldn't be one of these things that they have to worry about. So um, there was all, it also reminds me back in the day, I forgot the name of the company, uh, but there was a, a big, you know, the rebates, 
the whole idea behind rebates, uh, I remember reading an article about it, uh, and it reminded me of an internet company, which I'll talk about. The idea behind rebates, the manufacturer's rebate, is the idea is we entice people to buy something, and we hope that they don't send in the rebate offer. Or when they send the rebate offer, they do it incorrectly, that it gets rejected. That's the goal. And there was a company, I forgot the name of it, and it was driving me nuts when I was coming up with this topic. But back 20-some-odd years ago, there was a company where you know they, you, they, you, they would sell you something, and it would be like completely off the charts in terms of cost. It'd be like you know a DVD that costs you 20 bucks, but they'll sell it to you for 75 And the idea was you would fill out a rebate form for $75, and the item would be free. Uh, that was a really bad idea um, because enough people were savvy enough to fill in the rebates and the company couldn't generate enough cash, uh, a, a return on the, the cash of the earnings for, you know, until they paid the rebate and whatnot and it ultimately failed. I don't know. I don't remember the name. It was I, I wanted to say it was rebates.com or, or something like that, but it was just such an awful, awful business idea. And I think that a TPA that's offering a free 316 service for three months or, or, or advisor offering a free 338 service for three months, it's, it's a gimmick. It's a con. Um, to me, you know, again, the plan sponsor has to pay only reasonable plan expenses. And when something goes from free to being paid – uh, service and the plan sponsor didn't do anything to enter. You know, they just simply let the free trial period lapse. Uh, that's a problem. Um, and the plan sponsor still may not be aware that they're all of a sudden being charged for 316. So speaking about that range war that I was talking about, and I, I've talked about this ad nauseum over the, over the past couple of years, but there was a TPA uh, on a map that I worked on and they wanted to tap their 316 service, so they were willing to give it away for free for three months. The only problem, and this is a problem that I always had whenever I worked for a TPA and I had to send out um, letters uh, to retain us for restatements or ancillary plan amendments. The problem was uh, the TPA sent out these, these 316 um, letters out to the adopting employers of the MEP, and the advisor blew his top. Um, and then we eventually got rid of the TPA, and then the TPA tried to shake us down for a 5500 in evaluation that we paid for and all that stuff, but it's a gimmick. Um, 316 services um, are a good thing, I think, for, for a lot of plan sponsors that aren't up to uh, date, but I think a, a gimmick where it's free for a limited time and then we'll charge you. I, I, just, I just don't like it. I don't like it because plan sponsors are not proactive. They are reactive and uh, they may be unwillingly paying. They may not be aware that they're paying for a 316 service that you know they originally got for free and they didn't know and they didn't read the the, 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 the they didn't read the, the fine print and whatnot. So to me. That is another gimmick that I just I just can't stand, and I, I think that plan sponsors really should avoid it. But uh, that's that for this week. Um, go to that 4 kside.com for further information on all our live events. Tune in next week for another episode of that 4 k Podcast. Take care. Bye.